Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, David and Anne, for reading so beautifully for us. I'm just a little bit taller, so I'm going to pop this up a bit. So as Sarah said at the beginning, we are starting a new sermon series today, and it's one that we had planned for a little bit later in term, focusing on the names of God that we find in the Bible. It's called Who He Is, The Power of God's Name. And we've brought the first one of these forward as our focus for today as we continue to mourn the loss of our dear Queen and prepare for her funeral tomorrow. We had intended to be focusing on our vision as a church last week and this week, but Patrick will be picking up with that from next week and taking that forward to look ahead for the coming year. So let me pray as I begin. Lord, we thank you for your word and we pray this morning that you would open our ears to hear your voice, our eyes to see you and our hearts to understand more deeply who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have put some Bibles under the ends of the rows in our church this week. So if you're sitting on the centre aisle, you might want to reach under your chair, grab a Bible or two and pass them along to others in the row who might appreciate looking at that as we go through. I will mainly be focusing on the reading from Exodus, which is on page 59 in the church Bibles. But I will refer briefly to the psalm and the gospel reading as well. But first, I would like to begin with a story. One day, a young child at school was drawing a picture. The teacher asked, what are you drawing? And the child answered, without a second's pause, I'm drawing a picture of God. A picture of God, said the teacher. You can't draw a picture of God. No one knows what God looks like. And the little child replied, well, they will when I've finished. (laughs) I'm sure all of us, if we were asked, would have our own view of what God is like. The way we describe God might perhaps depend on our own previous life experiences, where we're at in terms of a journey of faith or not a journey of faith. And our own personality and character would make a difference too, I'm sure. But none of us can accurately depict who God is. He never allowed his people to draw or to build an image of him. Nothing created on earth could come close to reflecting who he truly is. All we are able to grasp about God is what he has chosen to reveal to us. And that's what we're going to be exploring over this series. As we look at each of the names of God we find in the Bible, we will see what they reveal to us about the character of God. And today, as we look at this story of Moses meeting God at the burning bush, we will encounter God as Yahweh, the I Am. But let's start with a bit of context. Moses had grown up in Egypt and he fled to the land of Midian after he killed an Egyptian who was beating one of Moses' fellow Jews. Moses settled in Midian, he got married, he had a family and now he's taken on the role of shepherd caring for his father-in-law's sheep. Meanwhile, the context for the rest of the people of Israel, well, they were still in Egypt in slavery, struggling under tough oppression. They had cried out to God for help. 
God heard their cry. God remembered his covenant with his people. God was concerned for their suffering. God decided to act. I think it's worth reflecting on our own context as we come to this story also. We are still in the period of national mourning following the death of our much-loved queen as we prepare for her funeral tomorrow. We don't come to these words in a vacuum, but probably for many of us with a whole range of feelings and emotions swirling around in our hearts and our minds. And I hope that we will have time and space to reflect on where we're at this morning too, as we consider how God revealed himself to Moses and how he might want to reveal himself to us also in our context of loss and of mourning. We are going to focus on three aspects of God's revelation of himself. First, we will meet the living God, then the unchanging God, and finally, the relational God. So first, the living God. God gets Moses' attention, breaking through into his unremarkable day as a shepherd by something very unusual. A bush is on fire. Okay, so far not so unusual. But this bush is not burning up. And that's weird, isn't it? Because normally when we light a fire, we have to keep on adding logs or coal or whatever it is as fuel because over time they burn up and they need to be replaced. But this bush did not burn up. This is a living flame. No external fuel source is needed. It is sustained from within by its own life. We see God here as the living God. He is self-sufficient. He is not dependent on any external resource. He is the creator, not a part of the created world. He is the one who was there right at the beginning. The first words of the Bible, in the beginning, God. He created everything else in the universe, but he is uncreated. He is eternal. And he is inexhaustible. He is sufficient, whatever our circumstances. He is enough, all that we need. Queen Elizabeth herself knew the living God as her all-sufficient one, sustaining her throughout her life and her reign. When she celebrated her 90th birthday in 2016, there was a book called The Servant Queen that was written and published in her honour to celebrate her life and her faith. Some of you might remember it. I think we had copies here at church back in 2016. And the Queen herself wrote the foreword for the book, which included these words. I have been and remain very grateful to you for your prayers and to God for his steadfast love. I have indeed seen his faithfulness. Our queen was sustained by the living God. His steadfast love and his faithfulness were her strength day to day. Now, I don't know how you're feeling as you sit here in church this morning. I imagine some of us have been thrown off course a bit by what's happened over the last 10 days or so. Perhaps some of us are feeling a bit numb. Perhaps we're overwhelmed by all the coverage on TV. And perhaps for some of us, this is bringing back memories of our own more personal losses, or maybe even reminding us of our own mortality, that our lives too are finite. But wherever you're at this morning, however you are feeling, 
God invites you to know him as the living God. He is big enough to hold our strongest emotions of both joy and grief. His arms of love are wide enough to draw us in, however close to him or far away from him we feel right now. Our living God is sufficient. He is enough. Whatever is going on in the world or in our own lives. So we see God as the living God. But as the passage continues, we see him also as the unchanging God, the I am. When Moses asks God his name in verse 13, the answer comes back, I am who I am. God is telling Moses and his people that this is who God is. Now, the name of God is so sacred in Jewish culture that it's never spoken aloud for fear of breaking the commandment not to take the Lord's name in vain. There are four consonants, Y-H-W-H, and those letters are derived from the verb to be. Vowels were added to help us pronounce the name because four consonants are quite hard to pronounce. And it became the name Yahweh. Or if we anglicise the word, Jehovah is the same name. And whenever we come across the word Lord written in those small capital letters in our Bibles, have you ever wondered about that? It's a translation of this Hebrew word Yahweh, I am. Now, strikingly, Jesus applies this name of God to himself in the New Testament also. In John 8, 58, when he was facing opposition and questioning, Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. And his hearers understood this as a claim to be divine, to be equal with God, one with the Father, the I am of Exodus. And their response? Well, they picked up stones and wanted to put Jesus to death. Throughout John's Gospel, Jesus reveals himself in this way. I am the bread of life, as we saw in today's Gospel reading. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. Jesus is God. He reveals God to us as the I am, the eternal unchanging God who is the same yesterday today and forever now back in our exodus passage Moses is having a bit of a wobble at God's call to go and bring his people out of slavery in Egypt he says who am I to do this I'm not good enough now God does not answer by saying oh it doesn't matter Moses it's all okay Or he doesn't say, Moses, you're amazing. You will be absolutely fine. Instead, he answers with his own name. I am. I am with you. I am the one on whom you can depend. The faithful, unchanging God. It's not about Moses or indeed about us being good enough or capable enough or anything else enough. Instead, it's about the I am. Now, I think I've said this to some of you already, but last week, before we heard the news of the Queen's death, some of us on the staff team here felt that God was laying on our hearts just a simple message. God's got this. 
And that was before we knew what was coming. I wonder whether maybe some of us need to hear that for ourselves this morning. God's got this, however we're feeling right now. Moses was facing a huge challenge in his life. It probably felt like the rug had been pulled out from under his feet as God asked him to leave his home, his place of security, to step out in faith and go lead the people out of Egypt. However we're feeling this morning, I invite you to hear his name spoken over you again. I am. God's got this. The unchanging God is with you. But the challenge for Moses, and indeed for us, is where will we fix our eyes? Because when life is tough and challenges and insecurities are swirling all around us, it's all too easy to allow those things to fill our eyes and consume our focus. But will we accept the invitation of Psalm 121, which invites us to lift our eyes to the mountains to see the one from whom our help comes? the Lord, Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth, the I am. There are so many wonderful images in Psalm 121 of God's protection and his watchful care, but I want to pull out just one. Psalm 121 verse 5. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Now remember those really, really hot days earlier in the summer when it was like high 30s, even 40 degrees. Think what it felt like if you were outside in the full glare of the blazing sun. Not particularly comfortable experience. I did not like it. But now think or imagine on one of those days, if you stepped into the shade of a big tree or the shade of a tall building, that sense of relief, that coolness, that refreshment, that... Ah, feeling. That is what God offers us if we turn our eyes to him and trust in our unchanging God, the I am. Now, Queen Elizabeth herself kept her gaze firmly on this unchanging God throughout her life. She said in her Christmas message in 2014, for me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. God was her anchor, even in the hardest times. She knew him to be dependable and faithful, the I am whose name and character sustained her throughout her life of service. So we've seen God as the living God and the unchangeable I am. But finally, let's consider him as the relational God who longs for us to draw near. The simple fact that God chooses to reveal himself at all to Moses and indeed to us is really quite mind-blowing. Yes, he is holy. Yes, Moses is warned not to approach too closely. But the fact is, God chooses to get Moses' attention, to call out to him, to enter into conversation with him and reveal his name and character. He invites Moses into relationship. And for Moses, that was a relationship that continued to grow throughout his life. Later in Exodus, we read about how Moses has been at Mount Sinai to speak to God and get the law. And he came down with a radiant face, having spoken with God. 
and the rest of the people were afraid to come near him because of this radiance that was shining out from him. And they told Moses to put a veil over his face so they didn't have to look at it. And until the next time he went to speak with God, then the veil came off. And this relationship is not just for Moses. In the passage, we see how all of God's people have been crying out to him in their suffering. And God has heard, God cares, God responds. And now for us all, the barriers are broken down and the gates are flung open. We can all enter confidently into God's presence through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he longs for us to draw near, to be in relationship with him for ourselves. I began today with a little story about the impossibility of drawing a picture to represent God. But that's not the full story. Because God invites us to get to know him better day by day as we live and we grow within that relationship. God longs to reveal more of himself to us. We meet him through Jesus, the incarnate God. God with skin on, as one writer has put it. We meet him in the pages of the Bible. We meet him as we spend time in prayer. We meet him as we spend time with one another as part of the community of faith. The invitation is to a lifelong journey of getting to know our relational God. And isn't that a journey that our dear Queen travelled throughout her life? In her Christmas message in 2002, she spoke these words. I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. I love that. Each day is a new beginning. Each day is a new opportunity to continue that journey, whatever your starting point whether you've been travelling along the path of relationship with God for many, many years, as I know a number of you have, or whether you're just tentatively taking a first step along that path. God invites you this morning to continue along that journey with him, to know him as the living God, sufficient to meet every need, and to lift your eyes to the unchanging I am, the one on whom we can depend. Amen. just have a